Get the gum out of your ears and listen up, you inbred degenerate screwheads. <laughs> hey, everybody, listen, uh, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. This is the Evil Dead Cast, episode 17. Woo. And I just, uh, re- I figured out, I, for the longest time, I've had no way to play clips, so I had to add them in later, but I finally sat down and figured it out so i have my little clipboard here i can play uh, stuff <laughs> cool that's good i had trouble not giggling through the opening i know <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's just get right into it attention shoppers dead cast top three in five four All right, Deadcast Top 3 is Top 3 Highlights for Season 2, Episode 2, The Morgue. And uh, it was quite a spectacle. Well, I'll say. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a I, spectacle. <laughs> I was like, I don't. I never, I've never seen anything like this before, and I never wanted to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a little different from this experience. <laughs> Feel like a different, a new man. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little oh, shell shocked. <laughs> Hard it, to put into words. It, it kind of sounds like none of us really know where to start. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you say? Well, how do you begin talking about you an can't? Episode well, like for this? one thing, I think you can't not start at one certain scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't go into it talking about like Ash's relationship with his father or something. Well, you yeah. could try, but it would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I think so. It'd just be this giant <laughs> elephant in the room the whole time. <laughs> so, what did you guys think of that scene? Uh, Rich, I don't know. It, it started out great, and it just got a little weird. I think. Yeah. You it's, know, I was like, "Oh man, this is great!" Just like you said, and and this is you know thinking about uh, how, all the different ways how the staging and the and the tension and the horror and just the way they and then I'm like, "Ooh, they're showing a big giant corpse penis. That's really pushing the edge." You know, <laughs> I mean, and I, I don't really want to see that. But on the other hand, it's cool when shows kind of um, push the envelope and, and are a little more adult. And then, <laughs> and then it just kind of went way out of the envelope. <laughs> I, I hesitate to describe this episode as adult. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe in. Well, no, I don't think in any way. This is <laughs> well, this was pretty childish. Here's what I mean <laughs> by that. I, I it's pretty rare where a show will have a lot of cussing and show a penis and pubic hair and show and drug references, you know, and even though it's all done in an extremely childish manner, so I get where you're coming from, it still has things that are not at all for kids and but and I feel like respect me as a big immature man child. You know, <laughs> but an adult. So I love that. Like their HBO shows are the other shows that I can think of where they'll show nudity and things like that. And um, so I think it's pretty cool that that there's that there's all that. But uh, I, you know, I, as far as this scene goes, it was funny as hell. And I and I'm glad it was there, I suppose. But I hope that it's not a sign of like some direction change <laughs> for this show to keep doing stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. I did not love this episode. Okay. And it, 
it was partly because of this scene, not that it offended me or anything like that, but I thought it was, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I thought it was even a little too um, immature for Evil Dead. And I did kind of laugh, especially the second time I watched it when I kind of knew what was coming and stuff, but I still felt like, well, this is just a lot of potty humor, which sort of works for Ash and Evil Dead, but I feel like they almost took it too far here. Um, and But there were other things about this episode that I, I don't think worked great either, and so it wasn't just this that made me feel this way. Would you yeah, agree? I, uh, I- I agree. The, it start the episode started out so good. I was like, "Wow, this is going to be great," and then it devolved into this, where they, you know, they really took to heart. Oh, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like that's one of my points. I mean, if if we're going to start, like, it's sort of the lowest common denominator humor, and you know, that's okay. I'm I'm totally not um, offended by anything like that. And, and I do get a kick out of it sometimes, but this was a lot of, the whole episode was genital jokes. Did you notice like Kelly, Kelly made a vagina joke a few Mm -hmm. times Mm -hmm. during the beginning. Yeah. And then of course, Ash (laughs) goes up the butt and all the penis stuff. And there was a fair bit of nudity. There was shit everywhere, you know, all over Ash and all over everything. And it felt kind of juvenile, even for Evil Dead. So that turned me off a little bit because it felt like that's all this episode was just all these sort of juvenile potty humor type jokes, which if there's like one or two in an episode, you know, if it was just the vagina stuff at the beginning, that was kind of funny, but then they took it too far. I thought. Yeah. And then, and then what, what it was for me is that it was a little disappointing. I'm not going to say I was totally disappointed. I enjoyed watching the show, but the opening was so good and then it went down, you know, maybe if the opening wasn't, if it hadn't had such a strong start, you wouldn't have that little bit of disappointment in there. It's like, uh, yeah, they didn't quite follow up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I enjoyed the opening as well. And then it kind of just didn't go anywhere. The funny thing I was looking at the writer because you were mentioning, you know, a lot of this potty humor and genital jokes and, uh, the writer is Noel Valdiva, who is a woman. No, were... that's next week's episode. This writer was Cameron Welsh. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was kind of, kind of surprised by that. All right. All right. <laughs> Australian actor writer. Okay. So Cameron Welsh likes this kind of stuff. Well, I have to say I like the episode better than both of you. I didn't actually, um, maybe if I went back and watched it again with this, after hearing you, I might notice that it, it, it went downhill, but I didn't think so. I thought it was pretty consistent all the way through and found a lot to like. And I thought that them going this far was pretty great as long as I'm serious. Like I don't, if, if something like this happened every episode, then it would be too much for me. But for one episode, because one thing I loved about season one was how the tone would shift a little bit. You know, some, I've said this a lot, but some episodes would be more seriously straight, scary, and others would be a little kookier. I do get the sense, at least from these first two episodes, that this season is going more towards the humor and mm-hmm. uh, I'm okay with that, but um, anyway, yeah, I I thought it was even though even though it was disgusting, I thought it was pretty great. You like the fact that they could do it and they did do it, huh? Yes, yeah, and they're just yeah, they're just like pushing it further than you would think possible. And I'm gonna say too that uh, that you know how we, when we talk about these episodes in our podcast and then we go back and we're thinking yeah that was cool or, or we start to like it a little more and maybe want to watch it again i'm hoping that happens here <laughs> <laughs> okay well I, I think it might but i i completely agree with you that it's it's great that they can get away with this it's great that they can actually do this and 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 stars is on board with it right like yeah. even though i didn't love it it's amazing that this kind of thing is possible <laughs> yeah Yeah, I mean, if they, I have faith that they're not just gonna, all of a sudden the show is potty humor for the rest of of the season. I feel like Mm -hmm. they're, they have a pretty strong command of changing things up and trying different things. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. And and in that case, you know, after a season of episodes, I, I, hopefully you guys will look back on this one and if it, 
feels more like a one-off maybe it won't seem so bad <laughs> i don't know i wonder if there was like a lot of ad libbing on set you know or they were like hey let's let's put some more shit jokes in <laughs> <laughs> let's show the penis one more time he yeah. had shit all over him for the rest of the episode <laughs> <laughs> i will say I, I did like some of the shit jokes those were pretty funny though <laughs> Well, I'm glad that they uh, they they stuck with the fact that he smelled so bad throughout the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Every, every Kelly had her head out the window, and when they got back mm-hmm. to the house, everyone the first thing was they recoiled in horror at the smell. So <laughs> yeah. like, that's even good. It's two, consistent. Even the two teenage douchebags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that led to my favorite line in the whole thing. What did he say? Uh, uh, well, yeah, when when he goes, yeah, well, your car smells like a piece of shit, and and Camel goes, yeah, well, this piece of shit car isn't the cause of this shit. It's all me, baby. <laughs> that one made me laugh out loud. I was like, he, oh, what an idiot! I wish I could go around and just say stuff like that. He owns it. He owns the shit smell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And even though right after that happened, and Kelly called him or said something about asshole, and he seemed pretty shaken up when he said, I never want to hear you say ass or hole ever again, ever. (laughs) After that, he was pretty much his normal self. And I love that about Ash, and we've seen it over and over again, that he can go through these totally traumatic experiences and be shaken up in the moment, but shake it off pretty quickly. Yeah. You know? Nothing nothing affects him that much, yeah. Even with the shit still all over him. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> like you'd yeah. think the first thing would be i don't know find a fountain or anything and just wipe it off your face <laughs> take off your least. jacket and throw it in the garbage <laughs> yeah, exactly bother him yeah no <laughs> all right let's do the top three so rich what do you got well uh yeah i had to think about this one uh but i think that uh i think all it, i'm gonna go with the shit jokes as my third okay because that was pretty funny. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I'm still thinking because I just watched it tonight, and I'm like, what? I don't. Ah, I don't know how to. I don't know what to say. But I did like some of the jokes that they were coming out with. Like, uh, you know, the whole the whole show is like, like butt centric. You know, it's just all around <laughs> these these stupid jokes. Like uh, he said, uh, I wouldn't. I would trust a blind proctologist before I trust her. Or. Uh, <laughs> This town's only big enough for one asshole. I thought that was pretty funny. I think that's I think that's clever to have an episode all focused around the genitalia and the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it is clever, but you know, I don't, I don't really Is I'm it necessary? Kind of <laughs> I love not it. Much yeah. Stick. That's tough. I mean, clever, sure. A few jokes, but it it, it went too far. It went too much for me, that's all. Okay, what's your number three? It's pretty funny though when he when he goes, "Oh God, I'm in the butt! I'm in the butt! <laughs> get your dick off my face!" That, those... Yeah, get your dick off my face! Oh <laughs> uh, well, haven't we all said that at one time or another? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the visuals notwithstanding, I get maybe that was part of it too. Was it was pretty damn gross? I mean, those bodies looked real, and the crap coming out of the body looked real and i was just like nah they're not gonna do that oh my god they're doing oh geez <laughs> but I've, i just want to go back and answer that question chris no oh really we, i'm, we I'm sorry no. i'll uh not all try to keep my personal life to myself <laughs> in the future all right what's your number three uh well mine was com- kind of the lowest common denominator humor but um i got another one here i can go with and uh this sort of relates to um rich what you were saying about the beginning and how we get a little bit more with ash and his dad and i actually liked this part i'm sort of i find myself kind of fascinated by the relationship ash has with his dad and how his dad clearly doesn't like him and has no interest in having a relationship with him but um but Ash kind of stands up to him. He says, I'm the only hero Elk Grove has. And I, I sort of like that. Uh, and I don't know. I'm just I'm just curious to explore their relationship a little bit more, which may be too much to ask for this show. But I think they could they could do it. Um, so I'm, I'd, I'd like to see some of that. And then I thought the uh, along those lines in, you know, with Ash's history is sort of what I'm talking about. But the set design of his room, I thought was really good. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was a, f- 
fun sort of set and it it looked like it kind of looked like the real room of a of a teenager maybe the only thing is there were actual pornographic images on the wall which i'm not mm-hmm. so sure i could have gotten away with when i was 17 but uh, you know who knows uh but th- but overall i thought it was a pretty cool set design and and i liked how it added to uh to ash's backstory a little bit get a feeling for what he was like when he was younger and I hope they do more of that stuff. So Ash's Ash's history. I don't want them to just forget it. I want them to expand on it a bit more. That was cool. I actually wrote that down. I was like, hey, his room looks exactly like I imagined it would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that it wasn't really silly except for the uh, lizard skeleton. Otherwise, it just looked <laughs> like a freaking cool room. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. it was. It was fun. I guess the lizard couldn't go on without him. <laughs> <laughs> or food. Or food. Uh, uh, I wrote down some, I freeze framed it and looked at some of the items. There was a neon Shemp's beer sign, a Detroit Tigers banner, Walkman headphones, picture of Jim Morrison, some paperback books, which is interesting, some horror movie posters, a bunch of concert tickets hanging on the wall, baseballs, toy cars, a uh, value stop baseball hat, which I think is where he worked, right? Value stop. Um, right. MC five poster. They're a Michigan rock band. Kick out the jams. Motherfucker. <laughs> there was the terrarium with the lizard skeleton, which I thought maybe doesn't bode so well for Eli. Uh, if that's how he's going to take care of his pets. There was an Atari Yars revenge poster, which I thought was cool. Cause I always love that game. I mean, these, the, he's a little before our time, but not too far back. So some of this stuff rings, you know, nostalgic with me. There were tons of beer cans lining the molding along the wall. Uh, there yep. were those set Playboy centerfold posters, which I I like that they went R-rated with. Because I was expecting to see some, like, you know, just scantily clad girls. But no, he just went and hung up the centerfolds, which is totally <laughs> ash. And then the best, my favorite thing was right in the middle, there was this, like, bass violin Oh, yeah, that's that? right. I did. Uh, like, yeah, that's right. You wouldn't expect him to be taking, fit. <laughs> taking lessons on an instrument like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> did his dad make him do that? Or I, I hope that comes back into it. You know, it, it, knowing this show, it will. He'll pick it up at some point down the road and just start playing the hell out of it. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be so funny if suddenly Ash was this brilliant musician. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Who's wasted his talent for years. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, as far as the relationship with the dad i'm fascinated by that too and i think it's a little more nuanced because for one thing last episode ash's dad you know the whole town calls him ashy slashy but he's i forgot what he said but he said something that made me think he actually believes that ash is not you know that he he isn't just a crazy killer you know that he sort of stands by him and even now, he seemed hurt that Ash left. He said something like, you're the one that left me here all alone. And yeah. and he, even though he's saying to Lillian, what's her name? You know, he could be gone for 10 minutes, 30 years, but I doubt if I'd be let, that lucky twice. Yeah. I still feel like there's a, a begrudging love between the two and that maybe there's some unresolved stuff, but it's not even that hostile. Like he welcomed him back home. He lets him come back and stay in his room. Pretty much. No problem. You know, a little bit of grumbling, but, but my favorite little nuance was when he saw his, him with Lillian and said that son of a bitch, not again. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Oh, what happened there? Yeah. Well, those little comments, those are hilarious. Yeah. I picked up on the conversation with uh, Ash's dad and Lillian when, as you mentioned, he said, I won't get so lucky that he stays away for 30 years again. And I sort of felt like, oh, his dad really doesn't care that he's back. He he could disappear again and it, it would mean nothing to him. So um, there may be more to it. I You make some, some good points there. I don't um, believe but, it. I mean, I could be wrong, but, you know, it's the yeah. kind of th- bluster. I feel like it's a bluster. Yeah, I guess so. I hope there is more to it, for sure. Do you think Dad will get uh, killed? I'd say there's a good chance, but not 100%. Uh, Yeah, I think so, too. Maybe by the end of the season, not right away, but good chance. I hope not. Be cool. Yeah, because they did perfect casting. He acts just like Ash. 
It's hilarious. Uh, yeah. He, when he looked at himself in the mirror when he was getting ready for his date, he said, looking good, looking sweet. <laughs> Just like Ash in the pilot. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be up to my elbows in cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what that means exactly. Wait, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> it sounds gross. Uh, that was my number three, uh, just their relationship. So, Rich, your turn. Yeah, I had Ash's dad actually as number two. Gosh, we're all, all we're <laughs> Line of up. the same mind, aren't we? Yeah. All right. Well, my number two, then um, I'm going to swing back to something I didn't like or maybe didn't quite get about this episode. And I felt. Uh, it's that the stuff with Kelly didn't make a lot of sense to me. So Ash takes her with him to the morgue. Um, I guess for the purpose of making her stand outside in the hall and guard the door, which, okay, kind of makes a little bit of sense. But then she was out there and she has a scene with the elevator where the elevator opens and closes a couple of times, but nothing happens other than it being weird. And I didn't, I wasn't sure what was going on there. And then all of a sudden the cop shows up and they have this weird conversation and then fight where he basically attacks her and she, she knocks him out. And I didn't even get, I I didn't get what the point of all this was. It seemed like Kelly just went along for no reason and then had these weird experiences out in the hall with the uh, pop machine and, and the cop. And I didn't, I didn't feel it was necessary. I didn't think it was an important part of, of the episode. So I don't really know what the point of it was. And I almost would have preferred to see Kelly stay back in the room and, and help guard Ruby with, with Pablo. Mm. Did you, do you guys have any other thoughts on what she yeah. was doing there? Well, I think for one thing, just kind of how the sausage is made that they, each episode, they have to figure out what to do with everybody. So maybe this one wasn't as strong as it could have been, but I think it yeah. was important to leave Pablo with Ruby so, so that he could, you know, question her. Hey, what the hell? What the hell's going on with me? And I th- also thought it was kind of cool to get different pairings. We're not. I don't know if we've ever seen Ash with uh, alone with Kelly or Ruby with Pablo for any length of time. So that mm-hmm. was cool. And um, I also and I like how uh, Kelly sort of she's quick to insult Ash, but she also you can tell she's having a good time with him. You know, they're like bumping fists and stuff. So sure. that was cool. But uh, I think, yeah, it's pretty simple. I, I think the sort of ostensible reason to have her there was so she could guard the door. And they even were talking in the hallway. We're going to get in trouble for being here. And Ash is like, no, it's just a casual walk through the morgue. And uh, she <laughs> like said, people do. That's shady <laughs> as fuck. So yeah. <laughs> but then so then that sort of set it up that when that cop showed up, who we know is an adversary of Ash, that her job was then to keep him from going in there and messing with Ash while he was trying to get the book. So she just stood in his way. And in order to get her out of his way, he grabbed her and then she knocked him out. But what was he doing there in the first place? Like, why did he show up? Was it just a random thing? Is he patrolling and he goes, goes in there and, and it came, you may not know till a little later on, but that's how I felt is that she was just there as a lookout. And it uh, was a, a vehicle to keep the cop. I forget his name. Uh, you know, keep him part of the story. Yeah, I yeah. think that was just suspension of disbelief that he would show up. He was just patrolling the city and happened to go by the hospital, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, that's a lot fine. of weird shit was happening. He did, yeah. <clears throat> but see, for me, it came right after the elevator thing. And and I don't think they meant to tie those two things together. It, it If anything, it was just Kelly was distracted by the elevator, so she didn't really hear him sneak up kind of but i didn't see the elevator thing but my guess is we don't know what's going to happen so they're messing with us like oh look it's something eerie and then when it's like nope it's just the cop so it's kind of misdirection i know Mm -hmm. but but it didn't make any sense to me because he doesn't come out of the elevator he comes out of the staircase after she's looking at the elevator opening and closing by itself so misdirection you know that that's fine but it felt like they tied the two together but for for no reason. They're so, just trying to be like, oh, something yeah. creepy might happen. Uh, you know, horror movies do that a lot where the tension mounts and then there's some kind of a jump scare and it's actually the person's friend or whatever. I think mm-hmm. it's a moment like that. But uh, the elevator could have been opening and closing because there is 
deadite energy around there. Obviously, sure. you know, there's demonic stuff going on. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with her going as the lookout or the person guarding the door, uh, because Ash needs to spend time in there searching for the book. It's just everything that happened kind of out, out there while she was doing that felt to me like it was just, well, we need Kelly to do something other than just stand outside the door. And, uh, it didn't totally work. So what I really liked about that scene was she was kicking the soda machine saying, come on. And, um, they really do cuss a lot on her. She was cussing a lot in this episode, which, uh, I actually liked cause it seemed natural. And then she couldn't get the damn thing to come out. And then when she slams the guy up against it at the end and knocks him out, then it comes out. I just thought that of was course. a nice little, <laughs> little slapstick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Where are we? I think it's my turn. So, just a little bit more about the whole morgue in the beginning, you know, with the, what do you call a guy who works in a morgue? Not a mortician. Anyway, Undertaker. Undertaker. Maybe. Is that right? Yeah. Anyway, Maybe. the guy who was doing the autopsies, I, I really thought that scene was done well. He hears that rap song and the rap voice was really low. I was trying to figure out what song that was, was, but I couldn't. Anyway, it sounded almost like a mm-hmm. dead eye voice and just the way that that scene built up the tension and, and then, you know, he kind of looked around to see what the ruckus was. And then all of a sudden it just escalated really quick. And then he got a, like a pick to the face that exploded into the Ash versus evil dead logo. Yeah. I just thought that was really, really well done. That was freaking awesome. Yeah. That came right after him getting his Achilles tendon slashed though, yeah. which I did not enjoy Eat watching. That. Oh my <laughs> God. That just makes my skin crawl thinking about I something know. like that. <laughs> my mother yeah. she stepped backwards into a hole while playing softball and snapped her achilles tendon snapped oh. right up the back of her leg oh my god that's the like worst thing i can imagine <laughs> she almost. was incapacitated for like six months oh yeah my thing. that was years ago she's okay happened to my father-in-law too playing tennis of all things and uh did you say what did you say tennis or something Be- uh, softball Softball. Oh yeah, no, my father-in-law playing tennis and did the same thing. So, uh, God, that's gross. I hope that never happens to any of us. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) You see, and then, and then after that, which was a great scene, you know, it devolves into the, and then I was all excited too, because I'm like, okay, so look at all these dead bodies. I mean, they looked pretty good, you know, lots of gore. (laughs) He He uses a chainsaw and then instead of you know, I was thinking, all right, man, we're going to have a big fight here. All these guys are going to come to life. But no, that they stuck his head up his ass. No, instead, <laughs> what they did was something completely unexpected, which was that Ash ended up fighting the intestines in the room, which started acting like snakes. And he was like <laughs> punching the intestines. And yeah, say, I mean, oh, man, I couldn't. I, I'm starting to really disagree with you guys a lot about this episode because that would have been totally the expected thing to do. And it probably would have been awesome, but it would have looked like a lot of other scenes we've already seen. And mm. a way to take advantage of exposed guts by turning them into like, I don't know, demonically possessed guts. Yeah, I guess I, it was unexpected. You're right. But they... I don't know. It, it it was too it was too much, and it uh, I don't know how how else to say it, it. It really, but if they'd all come alive and just fought them, you're right. That might have been kind of what we've seen before. But I still think they could have done something awesome with it, something interesting involving the intestines, maybe. <laughs> you might have a yeah. You might have a point too, though, because I'm thinking. Well, why was that disturbing for me? When watching him cut open bodies and dig around with his hand and pulling out their intestines and stuff, well, you know, what, are we just used to that or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you're totally right. All right, where are we? I can't remember now. I think we're on number one. Rich, we? Number yeah, one. number one. Uh, Pablo, his scene with Ruby. Uh, I'm going to uh, probably lose a little respect for saying this because it'll show what a dumbass I am, but... When that when he had his uh, his premonition there and, and Ruby cut his throat with her uh, with her fingernail, I was caught off guard and I was like, "No, holy shit!" They, <laughs> uh, Pablo just died, and I actually, without wa- watching it further, uh, rewind it and watched it again. I was like, "No way! They just killed Pablo off!" <laughs> and then of course it was a premonition, which they'd been saying the whole time. So I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit! I'm a dumbass." 
Well, she even said you're having a premonition right now. And I didn't catch it either. I, I didn't, I don't think believe it quite to the degree you did, but I did. I was like, what? Really? Really? So. Yeah, I was freaking out. They fished like me in too. Screen. I was yelling at my screen. I was like, oh no, no, Pablo. <laughs> they killed the Pablo, I like, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I immediately had like 10 thoughts, you know, oh, he's going to come back as a deadite or, you know, he's always oh, going to join the evil side or whatever. But then hmm. I was just like, you're an idiot. Just watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> did you believe Pablo was dead, Chris? No, I, I caught on to the fact that it was a premonition. So mm-hmm. I, I knew all along that he wasn't dead. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound that like I am smart or something because <laughs> I don't know. No, I just, no, it's, it was not, that, it's not that at all. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must be too. Cause I kind of believed it for a second. All right. That's Chris. okay. You guys are, you guys are lovable idiots. It's fine. <laughs> oh, well, my number one get, is you get sucked into the moment, I guess. I don't know that. I don't know. My number one is Pablo and Ruby as well, <clears throat> but, uh, it's more about kind of a little bit what they, they talked about. Um, she says that the book has never attached itself to a human before. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if that means anything, but, uh, or if it was it interesting to it. Yeah, it was interesting mm-hmm. if, if it's going to attach itself to more humans or if it attaches itself to non-humans in the past, which sounds plausible. Um, and then at one point, the deadite Lillian calls Ruby a traitor. So right. does yeah. this mean, I think this means to me that Ruby is genuinely on Ash's side. Like she's not trying to fool him. She's not still doing anything with the evil or the deadites, but. Uh, she's actually a traitor from from them, and she's what, working with Ash. But yeah, I was a little like, I wonder if this is an inconsistency or what, because last episode she was using the Deadites to contact Ash. So, uh, what makes her a traitor? Well, I, well, I mean, Ash is the Deadite is killer, the right? Guy. Okay, to them, yeah. So just by so hanging out with him, just by hanging out with him. I okay. mean, I guess she used the Deadites to contact him last episode because she needed his help and that's kind of i guess being a traitor to i also wonder Uh, if yeah she only has power over them if she's in control of the book which she doesn't have right now no she does not want bail to rise Mm -hmm. which was interesting what does that mean she said it was their father yeah yeah that does that 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 was my last thing here that she said that ruby's her children want to raise up their father. And I didn't get what that means, but I'm pretty sure it's important. <laughs> Why the yeah. hell did she make them? That's what I want to know. I hope we find that out. That didn't yeah. surprise me though. Cause they, they had called her a traitor last year or yeah, last year, last season. Oh, okay. I don't remember that, but anyways, I think the traitor thing means that she's genuinely working with Ash now and we don't need to question that anymore, but the whole father thing, it's, I mean, I guess I would assume it's some sort of powerful demon or something that is going to be a problem in season two, maybe even sort of a main villain or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah I just thought it was good that they had these this these scenes together and, and had a chance to talk a little bit and they're just slowly dripping little bits more of information into into the episodes for us. Whether or not we can question whether she's with Ash, I think it's always questionable with her. And one reason why is is if Pablo is actually having premonitions about the future, well, what have we seen so far? We've seen him see Ruby slice his throat and also Ruby hold up the book and have it attack him. So it seems like he's having premonitions that Ruby's not such a great uh, person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, or if he's having... Are. Or he's having premonitions just of his own fears. Like he doesn't well, want to be attacked by the book anymore. premonition is a vision of the future, isn't it? Well, I suppose. I guess that's right, yeah. But I was thinking like if he's, if these are the things he's afraid of, they're kind of manifesting themselves in his visions. But you're right, premonitions are supposed to be predicting the future. Though we don't really yeah. know what's true and what's not. I feel like Ruby is right. always sort of, you're, you're supposed to not know for sure whether you can trust her. I think she does need Ash right now, but uh, like, for example, let's say they did succeed in destroying all those children and I wouldn't necessarily want to hand the book back to her. No, you're right. You probably can't trust her too far, but it's an, she's an interesting character. I think you can, yeah. you can trust her 
in the moment almost like her best interest right now is to work with ash so she's going to work with mm-hmm. ash but as soon as that's not in her best interest right maybe that's what it maybe like. she'll yeah. Yeah, yeah she'll flip-flop and do something else so right and she was also really tall or pablo <laughs> and kelly are really short <laughs> she is tall feeling, right is she lucy I don't Wallace? Know. i think so she's a warrior princess well she, they only come in tall don't they <laughs> <laughs> i think i read that but i don't know i don't know Long and tall. So is Ruby a human or is she just appearing as a human? I think I she, I, I can't remember exactly what all the lore with the dark ones is, but my sense is that they were humans, but they figured out how to extend their lives through these unholy ways. But I don't know. Mm. Yeah. And that was by last the mere season. fact. Yeah. And then you had Pablo with his premonition that, he, that he was going to die. What does that mean? Right. Well, if it is a vision of the future, I'm yeah. I'm uh, upset about that because I don't want Pablo to die. To me, it seems like more what you're saying, Chris, that he's just freaked out and he's having these like demonic PTSD uh, experiences or episodes, right. you know? Right. Or or I mean, yeah, it's just his own fears are are manifesting themselves in these predictions of the future. Maybe he is going to be in a great deal of trouble, or maybe he's almost going to die right. in the future. And that's kind of what the premonition is. Yeah. But he sees it as his throat getting slit and bleeding out while he's hanging from the ceiling. So, I mean, uh, the trope has played out over and over again where a character will see the future but won't know if it's a just one possible future or inevitable. Of know? course. Yeah. Yeah. Still could be anything. The future is yet to be written. <laughs> what is that? Especially called? when you can write anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's from Terminator 2. There's no fate, but what we make it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My number one is Cheryl. So walking down the hall to Ash's room, he sees the door of his sister Cheryl's room with a little Cheryl sign and also keep out carved on the door. Mm. And he's having visions of her from the first Evil Dead movie where she got possessed. So I went back and re-looked at the plot of that. And she was the first one to really start hearing voices. And and her hand got possessed for a little while. And uh, then she got raped by the tree in the famous tree rape scene. So Cheryl was a huge part of the first Evil Dead movie. She did not appear in the second Um and she got anyway she got possessed locked in the basement and then when ash threw the necronomicon into the fireplace her body decomposed at, at a really fast rate and was finally killed but yeah. uh i thought it was really cool to have to bring in elements from the movie and they know that they're still catering to the evil dead super fans yeah a little nod there and then also i was thinking when i saw that that uh you know that probably has a lot to do with uh, with uh, dad. I mean, you have to remember, dad lost his daughter too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, they've been through a really traumatic experience, which is why I think they'll come to some kind of a where they'll get past all of that, or you know, have some kind of a moment together. And then again, it's sort of a comedy, so maybe not. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. they'll rebond, you yeah, know, as as family saying. members. But I, as you were talking about that, I was just thinking to myself. Man, the amount of fucked up shit that has happened to this family is <laughs> yeah. is astounding, really. I mean, Ash, for all this time, has gone through everything that he's gone through. His dad and his sister, it's really quite astonishing. Yeah, well, makes him a little bit crazy. <laughs> it certainly does. All right. Funny lines. Sack up, sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) There was a little segment here, now that I have my soundboard, that had a few all together. It's a minute long, so I'm just going to play it rather than repeat them. Here goes. We got to get out of here right now. Shit. What happened in there? Oh, uh, let's go with colonoscopy. What the hell happened here? He was abusing his power. I informed him of my rights. With a sledgehammer? Not my fault. He got a glass jaw. Wow, he's really out. As soon as this asshole wakes up, this asshole's going to jail. Number one, never say ass or hole in my presence (laughs) ever again. Got it? Got it. Ever. Okay. Number two, no one's going to jail. Witness. (laughs) See that? 
Back in school, when we used to beat him up, he would whiz himself. But he never told the teachers. Why? Because he pissed himself. Bingo. So we could just keep doing it. That is horrible. And also awesome. Which is everything that I do. Oh, newsflash, we're going to get home and save Pablo. Lillian is a deadite. That's it. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good by itself. It sounds funny. I especially like that is awesome and horrible, which is everything that I do. Yeah. Everything I do, baby. He embraces it, man. I got a few more. When, when, uh, when Ash and Kelly were in the car and Ash was talking about Lillian Pendergrass and yeah. about how hot she used to be, and Kelly is like the end, the rest of this or the next he line. Goes, wait, be he the goes, end you know, uh, during the summer when you find that perfect peach. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and she says the next line better be the end. But he instead he says, I'll give you the abridged ver- version. And then he all he does is turns around and looks at the back seat and just kind of chuckles a bit. <laughs> no, then he said, I boned her in the back. I, yeah. I know. I almost wish he hadn't, though, because I think it was funnier. He just looks at the back seat and laughs. I think that would have been better. Not me. Um, and then. And then uh, his dad's truck on the side said Brock Williams has wood. Yeah. <laughs> He's a firewood guy or a lumber delivery guy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Ash's dad talking to Lillian, he says, give old Brock some Splenda instead of sugar. <laughs> 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 I thought that was just clever and sort of subtle. <laughs> yeah. And a work on her name. My favorite line from him was when he said to Lillian, uh, Ash's dad, he said, Mm, you smell like Lysol wipes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a good thing. Uh, but the, one be- of, uh, go ahead. Sorry. One of the ones that made me laugh out loud too, is when they were up in uh, Ash's room and he was, he was about ready to go. And he says, Don't let her touch any of my stuff. Except to tidy up. I like the way he said it. <laughs> he says it like four times. He's like, yeah, he's like serious. Except to tidy up. I'm serious about that. You need to tidy up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the best line of the whole show. He hasn't been there for 30 years, but, you know, tidy the stuff up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I liked when uh, he was in the morgue and the intestines had attacked him but early on before all, oh, it yeah. just went crazy. And then they kind of slurp back up into the body and he looks over and instead of just taking... I don't know if he had the book, but instead of just leaving it alone, he walks over and peers in and he goes, oh, no, you don't. Nobody hides from Ashley J. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When it, it, he had a little nod to Harryhausen. That's when, right. Uh, the book wouldn't come out. He's like, what the Harryhausen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. Um, when he when the when the intestine attached to his crotch, he said, do you guys remember what he said? He goes, uh, don't you suck don't. my Johnson. he said a couple of things that didn't make sense he had that cheesecake line in the beginning oh i guess that was dad Mm -hmm. and then uh and then uh he goes uh, as i think they were walking in the morgue towards towards the the corner and he's like i'm like a ninja losing his virginity quick and discreet (laughs) (laughs) that could pretty much be a ninja doing anything but it had yeah that's right losing (laughs) ninjas do I liked when they were all upstairs, Lily and the deadite and you know, they killed her and everything. And then dad was waiting downstairs and when they went down, he was in his robe and he goes, Lillian, you took so long. I had to start without you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I don't want to think about that. And in the car, I've actually said that before when he was in the car and he's like, it's just another example of how the man upstairs chooses to stook me in the pooper. <laughs> another butt joke. Yeah, not those exact words, but sometimes I I uh, dwell on my misfortune too. <laughs> I actually I admire it. Like I don't know if it's just that this writer has a dirty mind or if it was a concerted effort. Hey, let's just center everything around shit and dick and vagina jokes this episode. I think yeah. I think it this episode has some deep themes. <laughs> 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 All right, anything else? The only other note I had is at the beginning when the coroner was peeling off the skull or peeling off the skin off the skull and it kind of was peeling back and it was really gross and there was all that goopy kind of stringy blood attached to it. It reminded me of a skull peeling scene in another show that ended recently. Jason, you probably know what I'm talking about. And it kind of looked the same. So I'm wondering if that's really what it looks like when you peel the skin off of a skull. Huh. I hope never to find out. 
I can't think what you're talking about. Oh, they did it in the end of Fear the Walking Dead too, where they uh, oh, where that's he has right, to peel the oh, skull yeah, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it kind of looked kind of looked similar, and I'm like, yeah. huh, maybe that's maybe that's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Did Je- you guys think Jenny the cadavers? Know. My wife would. Did know. you think the cadavers looked pretty good? I thought they looked pretty realistic. Yeah. I thought so. I thought they looked realistic. I mean, when they weren't cut open so much. When he was uh, the only time was when he was you know deep up that guy's asshole and running around and it started to look a bit like a dummy you know it's kind of flailing around a bit much but by that point i was sort of lost in the moment (laughs) by that point you didn't care anymore (laughs) Uh, i was looking it up and saw that sam raimi and bruce campbell were both born in royal oak michigan and grew up in michigan so i think that's why ash is from michigan they it's like a homecoming for these guys. Little nod to the hometown. And Campbell currently, Bruce Campbell currently lives in Jacksonville, Oregon. Mm. Really? (laughs) Nice. That's what it says on Wikipedia. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Chris, um, what do you think now that we've talked about it? Um, Any change of heart? It's still, well, it's a lot of fun to talk about. And um, thinking back on it, I I can pick out things that I enjoyed, but it's still probably my least favorite episode of both seasons so far. Mm. But Jason, I do hope you're right. When you said off the beginning or at the beginning that after the season's done and and we look back on this, maybe this won't seem so significant. I hope that's the case and that the rest of the season is a brilliant, you know, run of episodes. Right. And, or because the other extreme would be that each episode from now on is more and more disgusting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't see how that'd be possible. Yeah, they could experiment in a different direction next time too, and you may just really enjoy it. You never know, I guess. Yeah. What about you, Rich? Yeah. Uh, I, I, my feeling about the middle scenes really hasn't changed too much, but I, I think I overall uh, appreciate the episode a little more now because I'm thinking, well, at the beginning it was awesome, I had a high there, and then the middle, eh. I had a bit of a low, but then, uh, you know, in the room with Ruby and Pablo, another high. So it was, a, it was an emotional roller coaster. That's what you want, right? <laughs> I'm actually kind of shocked. I didn't, I didn't expect you guys to not, I mean, I knew it would be, we would be talking about how shocking it was and gross, but I didn't expect you guys to be like, no, I didn't, I didn't like that. <laughs> you know, That's I can't wait to hear what, what the listeners, what, the what listeners our listeners think, think yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be really curious to find out totally. if it was if it was really polarizing, like some people loved it and some hated it, kinda right. like here, or or if people just thought it was another episode that was good and bad. So write yeah. in everybody. Let us know. Yeah, write in. If you haven't written in before, we're definitely curious to know what you thought about this episode. And since we uh, are getting these episodes early, then that means that we can't play your feedback for this week's episode because we're we're recording this on Friday. So um, we're going to just do feedback for last week's episode instead. So we'll talk about what you think about this episode next week. Yes. And now we'll take a little break, but there's more to come. So stay with us. Sinkers or floaters, floaters or sinkers, either way. back it's time for the news rich all right well there's quite a bit of news this time around uh new york city had their big comic-con so a lot of the news is is about that and what was said and what was done and what people saw uh from entertainment weekly uh bruce campbell stopped by the radio station sirius xm channel 105 and said some pretty interesting things. He said, uh, we will be seeing some familiar faces in the future. Quote, unquote, I would say to you, my friend, that this season there are two or three holy crap moments, says Campbell. And they may involve characters from a bygone era. And they may involve actual actors of a bygone era. Interesting. And this may happen more than once. 
Hmm. I wonder if the scenes with his sister in this episode are part of that in a way. I was just reading, and I guess I guess it's okay to say this, that at San Diego Comic-Con, which was in July, right? Bruce Campbell said that Ellen Sandweiss, who played Cheryl, will reprise her role for a brief appearance in season two. Oh, did he? Nice. And yeah. But that's not what we saw this week, right? It's going to be something else? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Because this was yeah, a that reprisal. Was a this was a movie. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that is pretty cool. Um, uh, let's see here. From avclub.com. Bruce Campbell had another interview with Comic Book Resources. He said that he wanted to give the fans a big boost of the material. They'll have 25 fresh hours of the show after this, after we're done, and that's like making 12 movies because he uh, admitted to he wants to make five seasons of this. Cool. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be five good. Five seasons. Yeah, he'd be in his 60s by then, huh? How old is he? He's got to be in his late 50s. Yeah. You'd think so. That's all right. If um, Harrison Ford can continue to play Han Solo, there's no reason <laughs> right. that Bruce Campbell can't continue to play Ash for years to come. Absolutely. He went on to say, I'm delighted with Ash. He's officially the best character I've ever played, and it's one that I'm going to investigate and explore until they tell me I can't do it anymore. Amazing. I find Ash with all of his flaws and all of his foibles, all of his mistakes, so wonderfully human. Hmm. I love that. It's yeah, good to hear great. him say that. Yeah, <laughs> it would it would be sad if he hated this character, but yeah. it's the one that that made him so famous, right? And he's like, oh, I can't find a job. I guess I'll go back to Evil Dead. <laughs> oh, that'd be the worst. I'm glad he has fun doing it. Yeah. Uh, next up is from IGN.com. This was what was said at the New York City Comic Con panel. The the Ash versus Evil Dead team has been teasing recently that time travel will play a role in this new season, Whoa. which, of course, was a major part of Army of Darkness when asked how Kelly and Pablo would react to the fact that Ash has time-traveled. Campbell said that he doesn't uh, think it would freak them out too much after all the shit they've seen. <laughs> <laughs> and there uh, may be a bit of that this season. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a tease there. That's cool. Cool, yeah. I like it. Also from avclub.com, uh, while he was in his interview, uh, they asked Bruce Campbell, what are you going to do this Halloween? He said nothing. So they asked him, well, what, what should we watch for Halloween? What movie? What's your pick for a movie? And he didn't pick Halloween. Instead, Bruce Campbell decided to go with The Tenant, a 1976 Roman Polanski film about a man who rents an apartment alongside some rather unsettling neighbors. Campbell says it's a movie that messes with your mind, which he believes makes for the most disturbing horror films because they make you think like you're going insane. So watch The Tenant for Halloween. Apparently it's creepy. Interesting. I've never heard of that, but that's pretty cool. From deadcentral.com. This is pretty cool. I think, Chris, you were talking about uh, maybe something about a, a, some, uh, some paraphernalia or a box that you saw last week. This might be, have something to do with that. You have until... 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on October 9th, 2016 to sign up. It's from deadcentral.com. It's uh, one of those issues where you pick a monthly plan for $20 or three months for 60 bucks, and they will send you each month a box with some cool stuff in it from Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, box winners get new movies, games, signed merchandise, collectibles, and maybe even a Green used prop, all valued at over $200 for 20 bucks a month. Cool. Delivered right to your door. It's all Evil Dead stuff? Yeah. Oh. All Ash versus Evil Dead stuff. They oh, also okay. have, uh, they're called Boxes of Dread. Uh, I think they have some for uh, other shows as well. Hmm. Yeah, boxofdread.com. I just found it. And there is an Evil Dead box. I think October is the Evil Dead box. And they've done, uh, like Walking Dead, Conjuring, Insidious, okay. things like that. I yeah. think so. Each month, it's a different theme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, 
I was thinking every month you'd get a box of Evil Dead stuff. <laughs> you'd amass a lot of Evil Dead stuff pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, if that's yeah, what you yeah. want, that's, yeah, that's They have okay. previous boxes of Dread, too, for sale at their Dread store, so you can buy one cool. also, just outright. Last time we were talking about how we wish they'd had Ash vs. Evil Dead Legos, and then once we stopped recording, Chris, you, you found something, right? It was just totally coincidental. I was looking on the internet on Reddit, and the and on the first page came a fan who had built the car, uh, Ash's car, out of Lego. Yeah, <laughs> That's cool. and it looked great. Yeah, it did. It was really cool. Um, so I went. I went and looked uh, for other Evil Dead stuff, and I found a few other Lego creations like you know someone creates minifigs that look like ash and some of the characters and so on um but there wasn't too much out there so i think there's an opportunity for some lego fans to build some more evil dead lego do it mm. do it uh from nerdist.com if you're a graphic designer buff or you just enjoy art uh you can celebrate nerdoween with custom happy meals newt kleininger <laughs> I believe Cloninger Clemens thinks so, and he has made a ton of mock-ups of what more adult, horror-centric Happy Meals would look like. His, cu- his custom Happy Meal images range from recent hits like Stranger Things, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, and even the latest iteration of American Horror Story. They're pretty cool. If you take a look at them, it's uh, on uh, Nerdist.com. They look just like a Happy Meal box, but with some pretty cool uh, graphic designs on them. Happy Meals for grown-ups. From uh, Nika Online, N-E-C-A Online.com, you can now get a 7-inch uh, scale action figure of Ash. The Series 1 assortment includes Value Stop Ash, Hero Ash, and Elagos. Value Stop Ash comes with two interchangeable head sculpts, alternate wooden hand, and murderous doll. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty cool, too. They, look, uh, they have a lot of detail. They look pretty realistic. So the doll, is that a- from the pilot? Yeah, and he also Elegos has a mechanical hand and a shotgun too. That's cool. And then they have one of Elagos, that first uh, alien-looking uh, demon. Demon, yeah. yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And that does it for the news. Awesome. Cool. Let's move on to listener feedback. I'll go first. Mofavo says, uh, "I just posted that Evil Dead, or Ash vs. Evil Dead episode one was up." She says, "Awesome. Also available on demand." You have to get another Lucy Lawless interview after that opening scene. Was that all CGI? So this is last week's, you know, people oh, talking yeah. about the pilot. Yeah, we should, we'll try. We'll try. We'll see. Absolutely. Have yeah. her back on. Yeah. It was cool. It was fun to talk. Mm-hmm. The cast isn't that big, so I think it's realistic that we should we could get everybody on at least once. Right? Yep. Yeah, I think it's realistic. Should I go ahead and go. start trying to get Bruce on? I don't yeah, see why not. That'd be cool. All right, I'll, I'll give it a <laughs> shot. <laughs> that'd be awesome. It would be. I, I can't wait to get uh, shot down by Bruce or insulted by Bruce. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's, it's a lifelong goal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it's uh, fairly likely, I would say. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Laura South writes, we loved it. My boyfriend subscribed to the new stars.com app. So we can watch the whole season. Hooray for Ash versus Evil Dead. And I do so love Pablo. Yeah. He's lovable. Everybody loves Pablo. He's a great dude. Mm-hmm. Pablo. All right. Derek O'Neill. I had to watch the episode twice. I was laughing so much at Lee Majors and all the slapstick. All I could think was you guys are going to love this. Great to have the show and the podcast back. Well, we certainly did love it last week. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. And Matt says, recorded the season two premiere, unaware of the legendary Evil Dead series. Shame. Now I'm backtracking on season one, episode three, and it's glorious. That's yeah, that's cool. Show. That's great, dude. Yeah, I w- more people need to be turned on to this. Although I might not have them watch this week's episode as their first one. <laughs> yeah, don't start <laughs> with this week. Go back to the beginning. Start from there and right. work your way up to this. One. We needed a little more desensitization before we got to this. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe they could have showed a penis without shoving a guy up some other dead body's asshole. That's right. Um, <laughs> Either the asshole shoving or the it. penis, just not both. Right. Right. <laughs> and they always say about anal, you have to ease into it. 
Dude. <laughs> have you been just waiting to, no, to use that joke? I just thought of it, or I would have said it a long time ago. Okay, next. Okay. Who's next? I forgot. Uh, me, I think. So okay. this is an email from Chris Pellegrin. He sent this link to uh, a YouTube trailer for this new IFC show called Stand Against Evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Chris writes, the title says it all. Pretty shameless ripoff. The trailer is one minute. I just wanted to share it with you guys. Big fan, guys. I've followed all your podcasts, starting with the Walking Dead cast since season four of that show. I've since listened to your Game of Thrones show and now to this one. Great work. Keep it up. Thank you, man. You should also check out the Talking Dead at TalkingDeadPodcast.com. Perfect. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this show stars John C. McGinley, who was Dr. Cox from Scrubs fighting demons. Oh, yeah. And it does look like it very similar in tone and content. And that makes me feel like if it totally succeeds because it has better marketing or, or you know, just awareness is better or something that I'll be completely heartbroken. Mm. Yeah, I watched this trailer and you're right. It feels very similar even like the font of the logo of the show reminded me of the evil dead font and uh it it's uh it's it feels too similar and i was mm. a little weirded out by the whole thing because ifc is clearly just you know capitalizing on the popularity of ash versus evil dead which seems a little strange you'd think they'd want to do something different but I guess sometimes you get two of everything, right? There's a popular mm-hmm. zombie show, so you get another zombie show, yeah. or there's this and yeah. whatever. Dinosaur I don't know. movie, another dinosaur movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Movie, another alien movie. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, will you guys watch this show, do you think? Uh, I might check it out just to see what the competition's all about. Yeah. Yeah, I'll check it out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's at least more different than it seems from the trailer, but I'll check it out just to see. Yeah, yeah me too. That, uh, um, Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, maybe? No. <laughs> I guess so. I know we keep trying to get George Romero to come to Walker Stalker Con, which is, for people who don't know, convention mostly centered around The Walking Dead. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He's He hates The Walking Dead, and he kind of feels like they ran with his idea, you know? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Bummer. Which is too bad, because there's so many George Romero fans that would love to have him there, and he could also make some good money uh, selling yeah. autographs. <laughs> Come on. It's all about the money. <laughs> okay, one more. Uh, from Nick Gomez. I would suggest watching Bloodsucking Bastards. It has Joey Kern from Super Troopers, Pedro Pascal from Game of Thrones, Joel Murray and Fran Kranz, Cabin in the Woods. It's a cheesy and fun movie about vampires in an office environment. I happen to love it. Cool. Yeah, sounds interesting. Bloodsucking Bastards. Wow. Office, I'll check it out. Uh, vampires in an office why not all right that's it for feedback thanks you guys and again please write in and let us know what you thought of this week's episode now it's time for next week on ash versus evil dead next week we've got episode 203 it's called the last call uh the local teens steal the delta which we saw at the end from brock's house and raise hell ash and his best friend chet Scheme to lure the thieves to the bar in order to retrieve the Delta and the Necronomicon. That's got to be, mm. what's his name? Uh, Ivan Ramey. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I thought you were, I thought Chris was going to do this section. Yeah, I was ready for it. Rich, you, <laughs> That's you, are, you are right <laughs> on board. Richard down, but <laughs> did you have anything to add, Chris? Uh, no, I was okay. just going to say that, um, well, I was going to bring up that this one was written by Noel. Valdivia, a woman, uh, but you mentioned that earlier, and it's directed by the same guy that directed this week's episode. So if the tone of this week's episode was a direct result of him, we might be in for something similar again next week. We'll see. (laughs) I'm excited. Jokes. (laughs) I think it's going to be different. And I also, I really liked the, the pacing and the framing and, you know, this episode, let's say, I don't know if you can try to divorce pretend that it didn't have any of the crassness and just look at how it was directed but what do you think like that part of it just the the cinematography and everything 
Well, I, I mean, I, I said earlier, I think the set design and stuff of the house and Ash's room was really good. So yeah. there was all kinds of good elements to it. And, right. and, uh, it's not, I, I mean, directing for me wasn't the problem. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. It was, so that's it why it was I more the tone and stuff. With so. a different writer, I think next week it'll be, it'll be different. Yeah, no, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. It's, it was maybe a writing writing problem for me more than that you mentioned it too it is impressive that they were thrown into such a crazy situation but their their characters were the same i mean they did what their characters would do you know i I didn't feel like they they were struggling with the acting or anything like that no yeah Mm. character consistency has been has been good on this show and they've been developing them a little bit so that that wasn't a problem either at all yeah it was just weird (laughs) (laughs) it was just weird (laughs) what can you do All right, that's our show, episode 17. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or evildeadcast on Twitter. Please check out our other shows on the Podcastica Network at podcastica.com. We're in between Walking Dead seasons right now, so we're going to cover Westworld, the first couple episodes of that HBO show. That's going to be this week's episode. I'm looking forward to checking that out. That'll be fun. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, don't touch any of our stuff, except to tidy up. Looking good, looking sweet.